Maria. Ramon shook her shoulder gently, trying to wake her. Maria, we are nearly to the station. At first, she'd been so lost in her dreams that she didn't respond to the name. Maria was someone else. She was Amanda Mary. Even the sisters at school had called her that. Not Amanda. Amanda Mary, for her second name was for the Virgin. She turned her head against the hard leather of the stagecoach seat and tried to remember. But the dream did not return. Maria, you need to eat. Not Maria, she mumbled sleepily. Amanda. Tia Isabella called you Maria, he insisted. Always Maria. Reluctantly, she sat up and leaned forward, stretching an arm still numbed by sleep, clasping her hands in an effort to ease her cramped shoulders. Yawning, she asked, Where are we, anyway? We are stopping to eat and change horses. He looked out the window briefly, then added, Please do not be too friendly to anyone here, Maria. Only very rough people run stagecoach stations in this part of Texas. I don't suppose it matters where we are, she decided wearily. If nothing happens to slow us down, we will be sleeping at Fort Stockton tonight, he promised. If nothing happens. It seemed like nearly everything that could possibly happen had already befallen them. The only other misery she could think of just now would be Indians attacking the coach. And with only a driver, one lone guard, and Ramon left to defend it, that prospect was altogether daunting. She closed her eyes for a moment, thinking she felt as though she'd been traveling for months rather than weeks. Oh, how she wished she'd never consented to taking the old panhandle route, or whatever it was called, no matter how much Ramon had insisted it was safer for a lady of means. Given what she'd encountered since leaving the comforts of her aunt's house, she had to wonder now how those possessed of less fortune managed the journey at all. After the six days by train from Boston, through Ohio, Kentucky, Tennessee, and Mississippi to New Orleans, there had been the steamer crossing to Galveston. Then the $18 a head ride in a hot, airless railroad car crowded with sweat-soaked cowboys playing California Jack with packs of dirty, greasy cards. The only thing worse than their disgraceful cursing had been their tendency to spit tobacco juice onto the floor until she'd had to lift her full skirt and petticoats to walk down the narrow aisle lest she soil her clothes with the nasty stuff. Finally, she'd complained to the conductor, who declared stoutly that he was not about to take his life in his hands by confronting them over so minor a matter. The final straw on that leg of the journey had been a break in the tracks near some place called Eagle Lake, where they'd all been emptied out to spend the night in makeshift tents. The punchers, as the cowboys were called, had drunk heavily, sang loudly, and punctuated their verses with gunfire until every last one of them finally sank into a snoring stupor. When at last dawn broke, she wandered outside to discover that the place had neither eagles nor a lake to recommend it. Taken by wagons into Columbus, Texas, they'd spent the next night in a ramshackle place where the only thing worse than the mosquitoes was the bedbugs. There, seeing the light beneath her door, Ramon had mistakenly thought her frightened and had wanted to share the room with her for your protection, Maria. Of course she'd declined, snapping that if she couldn't have any comfort, she still preferred to have a decent reputation. By the time the rails were repaired, she was tired, cranky, 
and completely disgusted with her overly attentive step-cousin. And she had still faced that final leg of public conveyance, a cramped stagecoach with yet another ugly assortment of men of low degree. And now, even though the last unkempt fellow had gotten off one stop earlier, the air within the passenger compartment smelled of stale smoke, whiskey, and the lingering odor of male sweat. Everything combined, it was enough to make her think longingly of Boston, and almost fondly of the conceited Patrick Donnelly. At least he neither swore nor spat, and he was far too fastidious to allow himself to perspire. Thinking she suffered excessively from the heat, Ramon picked up his folded newspaper and fanned her, cooling the damp tendrils of hair that clung to her forehead. You are all right, Maria? he asked solicitously. I had forgotten how big Texas is and how hot it is in July, she muttered.